Wilson. We are so excited to have you with us. And I just want to say this before I dive into the, to the message and from the first service even to here, one of the things that I feel like God is wanting to speak to us and encourage us in is that he hasn't forgotten about us, that God wants to use us to do incredible and mighty things, and he's getting ready to break through. Now, I know for many of us, we thought that at the end of 2020, which was a very challenging and difficult year, that as the calendar turned, that somehow 2021 was just going to be like better. Um, But I know for a lot of people, and myself included, as the year has started, it's actually even been more challenging to begin with. But I want you to understand this. Continue to hold on. God hasn't forgotten about us. He's getting ready to move in even greater and powerful ways in your life and in the church. I want to encourage you with that. You see, we have such a great hope in God. And I say this from my message last week. You were born for such a time as this, that you are placed here on earth, living in Canada in this day and this hour because you are here for such a time as this. Now, today I'm going to share a message in our series called Kings and Warriors Reclaiming Lost Ground called the Dominion Mandate that will set a foundation for what we're going to be communicating in the rest of our series. Now, I want to add also some information about two weeks from today. We are going to be having a prophetic weekend called Hearing from God, or Hearing God. And, and here's what it's going to include. On Friday evening and all day on the Saturday, there will be a seminar for you to attend if you want to join, uh, be a part of it. It's $25 per person or $40 per couple. And it's going to be a place that just learning how to really discern and hear the voice of God, you will be able to register that for that and the link shall be coming out here in the next couple days, as well on Saturday night, as well as Sunday morning and Sunday evening, we are going to be having some special gatherings where we will also be um, having some prophetic ministry uh, over our church as well as individuals. And so again, look for those signups. They are going to be coming uh, uh, here very shortly. And and I just want to encourage you. Now, I had some people tell me, Pastor Todd, you are crazy a little bit for thinking about doing this right now. I just really believe in my heart and my spirit that we need to hear from God, that we need to hear more clearly what God is saying. And I just think it's going to encourage us and springboard each of you into some greater things. So today, as I talk about the dominion mandate, I want you to know that today's going to be a bit more of teaching versus preaching, that I'm going to lay the foundation. And I want to start with this, and many of you know that athletics have been a great big part of my life. I I have a lot of stories because it's what I gave a lot of my time to as as a young person, a young adult, and I still even coach teams to this day. But when I was in high school, I was part of a basketball program that was incredibly successful. In fact, during my four years of high school, I actually started high school in grade nine, um, my team went eight, had 88 wins and 12 losses over the course of four years. We were very successful. We won uh, the league championship three out of the four years that I played. Um, every time we took the court, and this is what's important, I want to focus on this, is that we believed we were going to win. In fact, we expected to win. And we did not want, just want to beat our opponents. We wanted to dominate every single part of the game. And it's important to understand this, that 
before uh, my tenure of high school with the teammates that I had, because it wasn't just about me, that our high school had never had a winning season. And in fact, they'd only won a few games every year uh, at, at that point in their thing. So things change. And the reason this is important, and I want you to understand this, is that if you feel like you're in a place where you're not winning, you feel like in a place where things have been more than difficult, God has designed you to win. You were created by him to win, and that you're to have the expectation when you get out of bed every morning that you will be victorious. That is God's design and desire for your life. It was his plan from the beginning. And let's look at what God determined for us from the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And here's what it said. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Did you know God called you to rule over those little things that scurry, mice and rats? And I know some of you are excited about that. Probably not. If you're like my wife, you could eliminate those forever. But then in verse 7, God said, so he, God created human beings in his own image, In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now, what is important about this part of Scripture is it outlines what God's purpose was for creating mankind. What your purpose is that all of us were created with this purpose. And there's four things that God created us to do. First of all, I'm going to give you four words that start with the letter R. First of all, it's for reflection. He said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That God's design and his purpose for creating you and I is that we would be like him. That we were created to be like God. Now listen to what I did not say. We were not created to be God. (laughs) We were created to be like God in his character, in his nature. We were to be a reflection of his perfect character, his unconditional love, his great compassion, his perfect holiness. And you could go on and on to describe those attributes of God. He wants us to be a reflection of those things to the world of people that are all around us each and every day. You were created to be a reflection. Secondly, you and I were created for reproduction. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, not only were we to have physical children, which which was his initial mandate. There was nobody that was inhabiting this great big planet that he'd created. And so he said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with people who are just like you that are actually a reflection just like me. You see, not only were we to have physical children, but to have spiritual children as well. That we are able, listen to this in this day and age, that we're able to fill the earth with his glory by participating in the miracle of helping people become like Jesus, to have relationship with Jesus. God, as a father, desires more children. And I want to say this, if you're with us today and you do not have a relationship with God, we want you to know that there is room in this great big family that God loves you and wants you to be part of his family. Thirdly, God created us 
for relationship. That we are first of all to have relationship with God. That he designed us to be people that would have good relationship with him. But he also designed us to have relationship with each other. You see the cross here. Him first, other people as well. That we were not designed to live in isolation or by ourselves. But here's the, the crazy thing that God determined, but it's also brilliant. That he knew that if it was going to be a genuine relationship, that we would have to have a choice whether or not we accepted his love or not. You see, we don't want people that are in obligation to us, do we? Nobody likes us. Well, I guess I have to hang out with you. <laughs> oh, thank you guys for coming. I guess we're stuck with each other today. You know, no, nobody gets excited. But no, when you're like, man, I get to do life with you. I choose to do it. There's something great about that. That's what relate, the relationship that God has chosen for us. Because he's chosen us, he waits for us to choose him. But here's what I want to focus on and really what the theme of this series is about. Here's the, the fourth R. We were created for rulership. He said, fill the earth and govern it. You, did you know that when God created the earth, the world that we live in, he gave the world to us to govern it, to have authority over it. That was his plan. But to have dominion not only physically, not only to occupy space, but to have dominion spiritually. Now here's the problem, that when Adam and Eve were on the earth, the devil came and he tricked them and he usurped their power and authority through sin and deception. He, he took it away from him. But here's the great news, that when Jesus came and died on the cross, he took it back from him and gave it back to us. Now the problem is, is can't help it, we've got this sin nature that we battle with. And it wants to rule over us, but we're called to rule over it. And I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. You see, we have what I call the dominion mandate. We've been given a dominion mandate by God, that God's design and his desire for us is that we still today would rule over the earth through his Holy Spirit. That we would take authority over the situations around us. You see, the word dominion means absolute ownership, that we are to have absolute ownership over the earth. It means to occupy the places. And when I talk about occupy, we're not just talking about the salvation of people. That is the beginning. But God also wants us to be people who are leaders in the different segments of our society, in education. He wants us to have impact in, in arts and entertainment. Who here thinks we need more godly people in arts and entertainment? In the areas of media, oh my goodness, social media, I don't even want to talk about that right now. You know, there's so many things that we're called to occupy. You see, the early setters, set, set, setters, settlers were given an opportunity to claim and occupy the land. The reason that you're in the city of Calgary right now is there were some people that God put in their heart to journey from east to west and to occupy the land. And here's what they were allowed to do. The government said, you can have the whole quarter section of land. <laughs> I can't remember how much it is, but it's a lot of acres. It's like 160 or something like that. And here's what you have to do. There are only two rules. We're going to give you this land. First of all, you have to occupy it. You have to live there. And secondly, you have to improve it. You have to make it better. You, settling it is making 
it better. You see, we are called to occupy and be leaders over ourselves in every sphere of influence in this life. You see, you are called to, wherever you go, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're called to come and make the places around you better. Can I hear an amen? It should be improved because of your presence that is a part of it. You see, we're called, as Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, to bring heaven, to make things on earth like it is in heaven, that we're to bring heaven down to earth. And I say this today, you are called to be the head and not the tail. That was what God said, we're called to lead and rule, Deuteronomy 28, 13. You see, most people do not realize the authority that they've been given through Jesus. That through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have, been given, we have been given the freedom to change the world around us. That we've been given this mandate that as we submit our lives to Jesus, we are given the power to lead. And I say this again, God created you and I to win. That we are called to win, that we were designed to win. We're called to defeat selfishness, to dominate sickness to be victorious over depression, to defeat everything that challenges us, anger, lust, insecurity, and other sins. They, they were never meant to defeat you, but you were to be, but they were to be defeated through you. Wow. I think that's some good preaching there. When I was a youth pastor, one of the songs that was a favorite of our youth was a song called Romans 16, 19. Romans 16, 19 says, or 9 says, I can't remember. You remember that song? And it was this, I, I, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. And that's as far as we're going to go today. That's all I'm giving you. You see, we are called to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. I believe that's what this season is about. The season that you're living in right now is to take back things that the enemy has stolen from you. You see, through the enemy's lies and deceptions, he's taken things from all of us, I believe it. And the things that belong to us are my three Ps, people, property, and promises. When I say people, I'm not talking about possessing and controlling them but seeing them under the rule and influence of the Holy Spirit, that they're free to serve God the way that he called them to be, to be free. But the problem is, is most of us do not understand how to occupy or walk in the authority that God has given and provided for us. You see, this is not a new problem. When the children of Israel were preparing to go into the promised land, God knew there were going to be giants, massive cities, and untamed territory and that they would need to defeat that. And the giants of the land were not put before them so that they would be fearful, but they were not to defeat them, but to train them and prepare them for greater battles that God had for them in the future, to train them to be able to rule and reign, reign in the land. You see, but because they had been slaves for, four, for over 400 years, they were not warriors, and they did not know how to lead themselves. And I say this today, that some of us have been in a place where we've suffered with being in slavery to things that we don't need to be, that we don't quite know how to lead or 
rule over things. And God today wants to help you because there are things that he wants to give you because they belong to you in the name of Jesus. You see, we are called to rule and reign with Jesus, but the process isn't easy. In fact, Paul talked about this when he was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.12. He said this, listen to this, if we endure hardship, hello, listen to what it says here, we will reign with him. Oh boy. So what's the, how do I reign? I'm going to endure hardship. How'd you say that again, Pastor? I might have to endure hardship. Speak it a little louder. We're going to endure some hardship. And if we deny him, he will deny us. We won't focus on that too much. You see, what you overcome in life makes you stronger. It prepares you for greater challenges. And I'm here to tell you today that where you're at and the things that maybe you're, you're wrestling with right now, you're doing great. You're, I want to say this. You're doing better than you think you are. Just keep battling. Keep trusting God because you're called to be an overcomer. You see, the dominion mandate means that you're called again to be the head and not the tail. To be the head and not the tail means this, that we first, if we're going to rule over the world, we must first learn to rule ourselves. And we do that through the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, there are two reasons that we don't walk in the authority many times that God has given us. First of all, a lot of people are unaware. They just don't know. Nobody's taught them. Nobody's talked to them about it. Or it's been a long time. You see, a lack of understanding of the authority that, 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 that we have. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't know the value of things that are around us. When I was a, a teenager, I, I, one of the things that my grandparents did is they taught me how to play golf. And my grandfather bought me my first set of golf clubs. And I got them one Christmas. And they were used. And He's like, here you go. These aren't the, the ni nicest thing when you're older. Maybe we'll get you something better. But here you go. Here's some clubs for you. And I played with them. And I was a little bit of a hothead when I was a teenager. I might have thrown a club or two here or there. I'm just, just saying, you know, things happen. And, uh, but as I, as I got into my young adult years, people started coming up to me. And they're like, man, those, those golf clubs you got. I'm like, yeah. They're like, those are really nice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we just got them at like a used they're like, no, those are like really high-end golf clubs. I was like, what? Yeah, they're like, if, if you want, I'll buy them from you for 5000 bucks. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> I didn't know that they were worth that much. They were just my golf clubs that I threw under my bed and in the back of the car and in the garage. You see, we're not always aware sometimes of what we have. Isn't that true? But the second thing that, that keeps us from walking in the authority that God has given us is the inability to rule over our own lives, <laughs> our, our thoughts, our feelings, and, and, and falling into sin. You see, sin removes our power and authority and gives it back to the enemy. He, he cannot take authority. We, he, we have to give him that authority through the way that we live and the way that we do things. But here's the challenge is that the, the sin it, it isn't really fair. We were born with it. And yet through the, the, the grace and the God and the blood of Jesus Christ, sin has been defeated, except we still have this thing that we have to battle with that's called our flesh. And who here sometimes you're just like frustrated with your flesh. It just kind of rears its ugly head at times. You're like, man, I'm doing so good. And then mm, that happened. 
you see, we have to remember that the blood of Jesus and who, what God's called us to be must be applied to our lives every day. You see, see, those who rule themselves can rule the world. And I know that might sound sensational and almost sacrilegious, except that God created us to rule our world that we're in. Proverbs 16.32 puts it this way, better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. In the Pastor Todd translation, I recalibrated this. I say this, those who are patient are powerful. And those who have self-control can rule the city. You see, those who are ruled by the flesh lack the power to overcome the giants around them. That's the challenge. When you're, you're ruled by your, your flesh, it, 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 it steals from you, and it causes us to have a powerless life. And I know sometimes people look around, and they, they look at things, and they're disappointed with what's going on. They, they even I have people sometimes that come to me, and they're like, uh, Pastor Todd, I, I, don't, I don't see a, there's a lack of power in the church. Because a lot of times we don't want to look at ourselves. We look at what's going on around us. So they blame the, the worship. You know, you know, if the worship was better, more powerful, stronger, you know, that, that, that's what we need. The, the church doesn't have power because the worship doesn't have power, you know. We, we, they look at places like Australia. Look, we got to be like that. Or they blame the preaching, you know. I'm not being fed. Well, open your mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> they blame their friends. They blame leaders. It's, and they, but they fail to rule themselves. They don't realize there's so much that we do have control over. And God's saying, no, you, you need to rule over yourself. And not only are they disappointed with the lack of power in the church, but they become frustrated by the lack of breakthrough in their daily life. It seems that the same issues continue to harass them over and over again, strain relationships, unbroken habits, unrelenting sin. And the way that we rule ourselves and defeat our flesh is by yielding to the Holy Spirit. I've said this, but here's the question. How do we do this? How do we do it? In Matthew 17, Jesus' disciples faced a problem. It was a problem like this. They were called to walk in authority, but somehow their authority wasn't quite where it needed to be. And here's what it says in Matthew 17, starting in verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And you know, Jesus gives this encouraging message. And Jesus then answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Now, you got to remember who he's talking to is his disciples. <laughs> and Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, here's what I think is the interesting part of this account that it says then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said why could we not cast it out what's going on here 
So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. <laughs> you see, what we have to understand here is the, the, the custom of Jesus and his disciples was to go from town to town, city to city, community to community, teaching and ministering to them, healing them, praying for them. But it happened that there was a man who brought their son, a son who was, had an epileptic spirit inside of him. We, we, we can discern that from the story. And the disciples had prayed and nothing happened. They were not able to cast it out. So the man came to Jesus because he had nowhere else to go, which is always a good place to go, and brought his complaint to Jesus who rebuked the demon and cursed and cured his son immediately. But the disciples were confused and flabbergasted as to why they couldn't deliver the young man. Why did they not have the authority to heal him? And Jesus responded, not only did they need greater faith, but that certain problems could only be defeated through prayer and fasting. Can I say this? That I believe if you tie this together, that our faith is strengthened through prayer and fasting. You see, certain strongholds in our lives and the lives of others can only be broken through prayer and fasting. Why fasting? And I'm going to talk about this here for the last little part of my message. Why fasting? And you're going to see how this fits into the dominion mandate that God has given us. First of all, fasting does three things that I want to talk about. There's more that it does. But first of all, it brings greater intimacy with God. Allows us to hear his voice more clearly. It removes the distraction. It releases, as we see in this portion of scripture, the power for miracles. And here's the one that's going to be the most exciting to you. I know you're going to get, I'm going to get like amens, and I'm going to get likes all over Facebook and, and YouTube. I don't know if you like YouTube, but something's going to happen. It comes from, here's what fasting is, it crucifies our flesh. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, we love hearing about that. Oh, wait, I like the intimacy with God. I love the miracles. Crucify my flesh. Oh, not so much. But we have to understand this, that power is released through sacrifice. God loves when we do things that are sacrificial. Like, how about when you're really busy and, and your life is full of all sorts of things that you're helping somebody who's in need? See, that's a sacrifice. When you have to like, oh, i got to adjust my schedule. God sees that we do that. Or how about serving in a place in our, our church or our community, giving of our time and our energy when we really, like I said, we don't always have a lot of time. Here's one of my favorites. Giving thanks to God in all situations. Oh, yeah. I just lost my job. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's so awesome. My boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with me. Hallelujah. You're free, I'm telling you. It's all good. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things when we face but the challenge is giving that thanks when it's not always easy to give thanks. It's a sacrifice. How about worshiping God through singing, dancing, and lifting our hands? We come and we, we, we bring a sacrifice of praise. You know, when you're feeling good, it's easy. But how about when you, you had a really 
rough day, or maybe you had a fight on the way to church, or maybe you're just not feeling really into things. Who here has said there's sometimes when I come to praise God that it's not easy for me to do it. I have to force myself to. See, that's a sacrifice. God loves those sacrifices. The Bible says we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Spending time alone in prayer. Man, sometimes prayer It's so awesome when you get into that great spot, but sometimes getting there, wow, it's challenging. But I want to say this, nothing, in my opinion, is more sacrificial than the discipline of fasting. Now, I'd like to go back in history, and whoever named fasting, fasting, I think I'd like to punch him in the head. Because it's a, to me, the word fasting is wrong. To me, it should be called slow suffering. <laughs> There's nothing quick about it. Now, what is real fasting? I want to share this. When I talk about fasting, I'm talking about the discipline of withholding food and other desirable activities for a set time in order to gain spiritual sensitivity, strength, or, and or breakthrough. You see, the more simple definition would be intentionally denying the flesh to gain a response from the Spirit. You see, fasting places our flesh in submission to our spirit. It releases spiritual strength and power through the throne of our stomach, or what Franklin Jensen calls king stomach. Now, I talked about this in a lot more detail than I am today, last year, but I want to talk about king stomach for a second, because here's what we have to understand. Our stomach represents our hunger or our appetites or the things that we desire and crave. It's a representation. You see, appetites are a powerful force, aren't they? That without discipline over our appetites, they'll rule over us, stealing our health, our peace, our relationships, and so much more. To walk in our authority, we must first rule over ourselves This not only requires strength from the Holy Spirit, this is what God does, but personal discipline. It's a partnership. It's a partnership with God. We have to commit to it. See, some people don't understand. They're like, well, God, just give me the strength. God says, exercise your strength. It's a partnership. You see, there's a fight over control of the throne of our heart. You see, whatever is in your heart, when the Bible talks about your heart, that is what leads you. That is what guides you. Your heart is what leads you. And so who's on the throne of your heart? Well, I want to give you a couple fighters here in one corner, weighing a meager 10 pounds with powerful and demanding appetites. We have the reigning champion of uncontrolled desires and rarely defeated King Stomach. Very powerful. And I say this, rarely defeated. But in the other corner, weighing zero pounds, because he's no longer flesh but spirit, we have the undefeated champion of the universe, King Jesus. Now, wait a second. Some of you might be saying, how can they both be kings? Well, that is determined by you who's allowed to rule your life through your heart. You know, I want to say this, and I'm going to repeat it after I say it. Because this is one you want to write down. King's stomach must be defeated so King Jesus can be seated. King's stomach must be defeated so King Jesus can be seated. But we have to understand this. King's stomach is a powerful ruler. And if you don't believe me, just 
delay or skip a meal. I can hear some of your stomachs right now. I, I know that it's getting serious. That's why I'm planning to talk for an extra hour. It won't bother you, I hope, will it? No. You see, King's stomach growls whenever his needs are not met. How many of you, you'd be honest, or you know somebody you can nudge your wife or your husband or your friend, that you might become a little bit hangry at times. You get busy, you get working, you know, you might need a Snickers bar, you know, that's the, the, that, that commercial. You see, we get a bit mean when food is not given at proper intervals. And, and because we live in North America, whew, we complain if the food does not meet our standards. That's King's stomach. That's the way he talks. You see, every mom has these words ringing in her ears. I'm hungry. Her kids all the time. I mean, it's a constant thing. It's, you, you, some of you, as I said it, you just made you shiver in your... How about this saying? The way to a man's heart is what? Through his stomach. See, King's stomach can be a powerful adversary if he's not contained. In the book of Genesis, we see a story where Esau sells his birthright to his twin brother, Jacob, for a bowl of soup because of hunger. He trades something of great value, his inheritance for something cheap, a simple meal. He gives away his birthright, listen to this, which represents authority for something little or of common value. You see, King Stomach thinks only about what he wants in the moment where King Jesus has his eye on our future. You see, I see so many times people don't realize the things that they trade, the exchange that they make, the things that they feel like we must have right now end up robbing us of our future. You see, fasting gives us the strength to overcome King's stomach's irrational desires. But who here knows our appetites are much more than physical hunger. King's stomach also represents our appetites for love, control, power, and pleasure. Samson was a mighty judge in the Bible. God blessed him with supernatural strength. I don't believe there's anybody that was ever stronger than Samson was. I mean, he could take on a whole army by himself. But he was defeated because he could not overcome his lustful appetite for women. He had uncontrolled appetites. We are called to rule and reign with Christ, not to be ruled by our appetites, our desires. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to take dominion over the chaos that surrounds us. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature, listen to this, craves or desires. This is why we need to learn the discipline of fasting. And here's what I want to say is, we're going we're, we're to have a time of fasting over the next few weeks for those who are willing to participate with myself and, and our leaders I believe that God wants to give some of you victory over areas that you've struggled with for years. Some issues, the Bible says, can only be broken through what? Prayer and fasting. You see, as part of our Discover Jesus challenge, which I hope you're enjoying that for those who are participating, I know I'm enjoying 
taking a chapter, explaining a, a key part of it, sharing that with you. We're going to be doing that for the next uh, 90 days, up, right up until Easter. But on starting tomorrow, we're going to be starting a time of fasting for 21 days. It'll go from January 11th through the 31st. And here's what I'm asking you. I'm asking for each one of you to participate in some manner. Here, here's the ask. Now, whether it's for a few days or the whole 21 days, take up the challenge. Challenge yourself. Now, there are many ways to fast. I'll give you some, some examples of what you can do. You can do a full fast, which is not eating any food but drinking only water. Some people will do broth or a little bit of juice for a certain period of time. Um, I, God asked me to do that in 2019. I, I did a 21-day water-only fast. I'm praying he doesn't ask me to do that again. <laughs> but I want to say this. When you, if you're going to do something that... Um, bold and you've never done it before, I would recommend that you don't start there <laughs> and that you would consult with your uh, healthcare practitioner, a doctor, to make sure that you're able to do that, all right? Partial fast. This is where we remove certain foods from our diet, such as sweets, chocolate, oh, did I, meat, fast food, or other things that we desire. Dan a Daniel fast would be in this category. Daniel only ate vegetables and non-savory food for 21 days to see spiritual breakthrough and an answer to prayer. You can read about that in, in, in Daniel. I'm going to be starting that tomorrow myself, where I, I'm going to just become a, a vegetarian, almost a vegan, uh, because there, it's just, it's, it, I'm eating, but it's not things that I'm excited about eating. You hear me? Hallelujah. Then there's what we call alternative fast for people that maybe you have um, some health issues, or you're a kid, a teenager, and you're wanting to do something, you can do things like giving up social media for 21 days a week. You might think it's your life, but you'll be okay. <laughs> Watching televisions, video games, or how about this one, sexual activity for a certain period. Uh-oh, didn't want to talk about that. It must be something that is a sacrifice for you. So, you know, this is not what I would consider a good fast. You know, for the next 21 days, I'm giving up liver and Brussels sprouts. Yeah! Who's going to join me on that? The whole church, it was amazing. What a, we, we were, it's a miracle. That would not be a sacrifice, right? It's not something I crave or I desire. Or for those of you that don't exercise, I'm giving up working out for the next three weeks. Yeah! No. It's got to be something that costs you something that is a sacrifice to you, a change that is a sacrifice to you. So here's three things that I, you need to do before to, as you're going to start. First of all, pray about it. This is a personal experience. What God asks you to do will be different than what he asks others to do. You need to pray about, God, what are you wanting me to do? Is it a few days? Is it a meal here and there? Is it, what is it? Is it something I, I'm, you're asking me to give up? I believe everybody can participate in this in some way. But don't become religious about it. Don't be looking, oh, whatever. I just see. No, it's what God puts in your heart. He will, he will talk to you. Secondly, pray through it. Not just pray about it, pray through it. You see, we're to replace our food or activities with a focus on God through prayer and meditating on his word. That when you give up something, you replace it with something spiritual so that God can talk to you. So if it's your, a meal that you're skipping, that's when you pray. If it's a, a, your snack time, you spend more time with God. Because if you don't pray, it's only a hunger strike. You're just starving yourself. <laughs> 
There has to be that focus on God. See, the enemy was defeated through prayer and fasting. And then the third thing to do is to commit to it. It will not be easy, but it's worth it. And if you break your fast, oh my goodness, it's not over. Start over again. Start it again. Start again. And you're like, well, I don't want to start 21 more. Well, start and finish the next 10 days, whatever, five, whatever you're going to do. Just get back on the horse and keep riding. You see, the goal that we have is that our lives is to be led by the Spirit and that we would not yield to our flesh. You see, there's power in denying ourselves for purposes, the purposes of God. I believe this. You are here for such a time as this. This is the beginning of a new season in your life. I believe that God is going to open the door to some powerful things through your life, through the church, as we dive into this year. And I want to encourage you to do it. Where do you need a breakthrough? What, where could you use more of God's strength and power? Are you willing to make the sacrifice? Are you, would you like to see King's stomach dethroned in your life? You know, I believe God wants to restore to each and every one of you his authority and his power. But we need to be willing to say, God, I offer my life to you as a living sacrifice. Fasting is part of making your life a living sacrifice. It's not the only thing, but it's a pretty powerful thing. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Who here today would say, Pastor Todd, I, I, I need breakthrough in my life. I need some breakthrough. There's some things where I could use breakthrough. You'd be willing to raise your hand right now I just because I'm going to pray for you. So many. We all, we do. I'm raising my hand. There's some things I'm asking God for breakthrough in. Or maybe if you're honest, you realize there's places where king stomach, unyielding appetites need to be broken. You would say, That's where I'm at. That's what I need help with. God, give me your grace. Give me your strength. You see, I believe God wants to release more authority. And so, Father, I thank you for every person that is here, those that are online, those that are listening to what I'm sharing. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would invade their life in a greater and more powerful way. Lord, I pray for those that need a breakthrough. Father, God, they would dive into it. Lord, you would do what you only you can do, but God, that you would encourage them and strengthen them to do the things that they are called to do, what you're asking them to do. And Lord, for those that are battling with, Lord, just their flesh controlling areas of their life, I pray, Father God, by your Holy Spirit, that you'd give them a new level of freedom today. You would strengthen them. You'd encourage them. You'd help them. You'd strengthen them, God. And Lord, I pray, Father God, for a greater release of your power through people's lives. Lord, I pray that we would be a church that, Lord, demonstrates the ability to walk in your authority, that we'd see people saved. We'd see people healed. We'd see people set free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Now, I want to say this today. If you're listening, 
and you don't have that relationship with Jesus, you have something else that's sitting on the throne of your heart. Today, you can make a choice to say, Jesus, I want you to be the leader or the ruler of my life. I want you to guide and lead and direct me. And if that's you today, whether you're online or you're here, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I confess that I have sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me. Help me to be like you. I thank you for your death, your burial, and resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. If you pray that prayer today, I want you just to reach out to somebody. Let them know. Make a comment online. Talk to your friend. Talk to your neighbor. Come and talk to one of us leaders. And if you're a little bit shy, the other way you can do it is go to info at eastsidecitychurch.ca. Reach out to us because we want to help you. You are now part of something greater. You're part of the family of God. And we welcome you here today. Again, I want to say to everybody here, thank you for just your willing hearts. I pray that you'll pray about what God is asking you to do in this next season. I believe we're on the verge of seeing God move in the most powerful ways that we've ever seen in this generation, that we're on the verge of a mighty, mighty move of God. So let's, be, let's prepare ourselves and get ready to, 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 to journey with him and take the authority that he's given us and reclaim that lost ground because God has things for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Have a great week. If you can, join with us on Monday night at 7.30 to 8.30 online. Link on our, uh, to our Zoom account. Great times of prayer that we're having. And again, registration will be coming out uh, for signing up for the conference, coming to uh, the extra church services as well. If you want to receive prophetic ministry, there will be something there for that as well. Again, have a great day.